Today, if you got your Bibles, why don't you pull them out and open them to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Today's message is called, Just What I Needed. Just What I Needed. Have you ever had a time in your life where you, you got something that you needed, and it, I mean, it was just at the right time, and it was just the perfect thing? Uh, you know, picture yourself, it's a hot day this summer, and maybe you're out in the yard doing some landscaping, or you're mowing the yard, or, you know, and you just got sweat dripping down your face. You guys all know what I'm talking about. It was like hundreds of degrees out there this year. It felt like 200 some days. And uh, you come inside to a nice glass full of ice and lemonade, right? And it's just like, oh, that's just what I needed. You know, just, you drink it and it feels perfect. Or maybe, uh, you know, it's kind of campfire season right now and you're outside all day. Maybe you're out camping and, you know, you got that Aberdeen perfume on, you know, bug spray. And it's just that heavenly smell is there and you, you go and you're at the campfire. You got the smoke smell now too and you, you eat s'mores and... Uh, you know, you can't just like eat a s'more cleanly. Have you ever noticed that? So you got like marshmallow around the, your mouth or maybe on your shirt and all that stuff. And then finally you get to come inside and you hop in that shower and it's just like, oh, you get to wash away all the filth of that day. It's just what you needed. Or I know it's, it's getting close to that time where we get that white stuff on the ground out here. I, I know, I know, shh, I know. Okay. Bear with me for a moment. You know, it's a cold day. We'll just, let's talk about fall. How about that, all right? Fall, and it's, and it's a little cold. We've got the leaves falling. You know, it's pumpkin spice season. And uh, it's a cold day. You come inside. You put your pajamas on. You get under that blanket. You got the hot chocolate or the pumpkin spice drink. And it's, man, it's just, doesn't that sound heavenly? Uh, it, it's just what you needed. Or even worse, like you got an itch, and it's like right right back there, and you just can't, you don't, you don't have an orangutan in your pocket, and you can't get back to that, and, you know, you find a back scratcher, or just like that faithful spouse who just, you know, scratches, just, and it's just what you needed. You know, that's the feeling we're talking about today, that, that feeling of you get something just when you need it. And this morning, that thing I think that we all need is love. We all need love. We've all got a hole in our soul, and the only thing that can fill it up is love. In a week like this, I believe we've all been reminded of how much we need love. We need a support system. We need comfort. We need love. We need to be there for each other. And in this essential need of love, we often look to a lot of different places to, again, fill that hole in our soul. And, and uh, as we look for love, we often search for love in the wrong places. Maybe you've experienced this before. You know, we, we search for it in relationships. We, we want love, so, you know, we just got to, you know, have you ever met that person who just always has to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend growing up in school or something like that? It's just like they've always got to have someone by their side, and we look for it in relationships, and often we leave feeling unfulfilled and just like, what? That didn't, that didn't work. Or some of you out there, I know I, I include myself on this list, we're looking for love. We don't know where to find it, so we search for it in the bottom of a bowl of ice cream. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, it's just like, where did it go? Or we look for it in food, and it's just like, oh, that's going to fill me up. But at the end, you still are feeling left empty and a little heavier than before, and you're filled with regrets, not love. Or maybe you try to fill that gap with content. You know, you just keep scrolling through the phone, hoping to just find something that will wake you up, something that will uh, encourage you, and you just scroll through the phone, or you keep playing, uh, pressing play next on Netflix, and, and, but it just doesn't really fill you up. 
some of us out there, we, we go for attention. You know, whether it's positive or negative, we just do something crazy uh, so people notice us. So hopefully we can get some love through that or we post something on social media so we get enough likes or enough loves or enough comments that we feel like, oh good, I'm, I'm loved. And for some of us, we just choose to live in a deficit. We just say, no, I'm not going to search for love anywhere. I'm just going to choose to live in a deficit and then, you know, I'm just going to keep to myself and, and uh, then we don't have any love to give and we just become bitter and cranky. We say, get off my lawn, things like that. You know, that's, so where do we find love? Where do we find love? Well, from a very young age, I, I found love. I, I found a love that never let me down. It's never failed me, and I've failed it before, but it's never failed me. It's never let me down. It's always seemed to have just the right answer, just when I needed it. And in a world of, where there's a lot of gray, this was something that was just, it was black and white. It was constant. In a world that was so chaotic, it provided clarity and certainty. And of course, by now, I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about math. <laughs> it's never failed me. It's always got the right answer right? It's just always black and white in a world of gray. So I always loved math from a young age. And while math did not fill a hole in my soul, it did not give me love, I think it's going to help us discover some, some simple things that we can find love this morning. So if you turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 7. And like I said, math is going to help us discover the equation for love. So listen up, get ready. Verse 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So we're going to break this down for you this morning in three simple equations, all right? It's going to be easy. I promise there's no algebra here, um, so we're going to keep it real easy, some basic equations for you this morning, but, but math's going to help us. Uh, so first off, first equation, no love equals no God. No love equals no God. Because it says in here, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So that's quite a statement. It says here, if you love people, if you love one another, then you know God. Then you know God. So if we use this the, another math term here for you, the, the symmetric property, if A equals B, then B equals A. You guys remember this. You guys are smart. Uh, we can flip that statement around, and we can say, if you know God, then you know love. See, because when you accept Christ as your Savior, and, and you experience His true and perfect love, and you come into the saving knowledge of God, then for the first time ever, you, you know God. And in fact, the word in the Greek here where it talks about knowing God, it's not just like a head knowledge of God. It's, it's an experiential knowledge of God. It's an experiential knowledge of God. You can't know God from simply reading about him. You need to experience him for yourself. And when we experience him for ourselves, when we experience his love, his true and his perfect love, that's when we can share love with others. But if we don't know that, we can't share that love. I think back to a, a student um, that we had in youth group and and uh, he was a, a kid who had grown up, uh, he had grown up going to church, his parents knew Jesus, he, he knew about the Bible, and, and that was all great, and, uh, but the first time 
that he ever came out to youth conference, which we talked about going to a little bit earlier. He came out to youth conference, and uh, I think it was a Friday night service, and I just remember seeing him run to the altar, and, and uh, that was the first time he experienced God. Like, he knew a lot about God, but that night he experienced God for, I think, the first time ever in just the, the fullness. He experienced the love of God. And you know, when you experience the love of God, it seems like he always turns on the waterworks. I mean, he was just crying like a baby up there. And then when I saw him doing that, then God turned on my waterworks. I started crying with him. And it's just like everybody, and it's because it, that often happens when you experience the presence of God. That often happens. And uh, so we're, we're praying together up there, and it was just like a flip, or a switch flipped at that moment. And he experienced the love of God like he had never done before. You know, his tears weren't sadness. It was just, it was the presence of God. And after that, he was, he was a different man. There was a different level of love. Then he got involved in everything, began serving and, and doing all those things and sharing the love of Jesus with everyone that he met. So it's saying that those who've experienced God and encountered his presence, because of that, they now know his love. So if you know God, if you know God, if you've experienced his love, then you can show love to other people. You can show love to other people. But the reverse of that is also true. So I want to put up the second equation. No love equals no God. Now, for those of you who are following on the podcast, I apologize. You think that I'm repeating myself, but it's different. Uh, this one is N-O love as compared to K-N-O-W. So it's not knowledge of God, but if we have no love, if we have an absence of love in our lives, if we're not loving the other people, then it says you don't know God. You have no God in your life. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God. I read that one and I'm just thinking, ouch, that's a tough statement. If I don't love, if I'm not loving other people, then I don't know God. I mean, immediately when I read this verse, I go to like a self-reflection mode. And I think, you know, am I loving? Do Do I know love? Have I shown love to other people? Am I Am I loving other people? I think of the verse in Philippians chapter 2. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. In humility, consider or count others more significant than yourselves. That's, that's a high standard. I mean, we're, we're so caught up in ourselves, and we really are. We like to focus on our needs or our family's needs, and, and we're so worried about making sure we have our needs met that we often don't poke our heads up and look around and see how everybody else is doing. But this says we need to consider others, count others higher than ourselves, put their needs in front of our own. How have we been doing in that? How have you been doing that? Have have you looked to others' needs? Have you helped uh, other people out? Do you love? Do you put their desires in front of your own desires? Do we know love? Because if we don't know love, then we don't know God. Again, that's a tough statement. But if you've never had that experience, that, that experiential knowledge of God, then it's very difficult to show that love to everybody else. In fact, it says it's impossible. Where there's no love, there's no experiential knowledge of God. But where there is experiential knowledge of God, is it impossible not to love. Uh, I think of uh, a time, this was several years ago, I'd heard a lot about uh, Chicago deep dish pizza. You ever had that before? Well, I hadn't at that time. Yeah, I, I got an amen from that one. I like that. Uh, 
And I hadn't at that time, but I thought, all right, Angie and I were going to Chicago, and that's, that was one of the top things on the list. You did some research, and I found the best place uh, to go, and you go in there, and you order your pizza, and I waited for 45 minutes, and it was just like, because it takes forever to cook, it's so thick. And it came out, and I looked at him like, what is this? Like, that doesn't look like pizza, because they like flip it. You know, you start with crust, so that's still normal, but then they flip all the stuff. So it starts with toppings, and then like two inches of cheese. I mean, it's heavenly. And then the sauce. So it just came out as like a pizza with sauce is what it looked like, a really thick pizza with sauce. And then they cut into it, you know, and they, they serve you up and, you know, they, they put the little thing under there and they pull it to your plate and the cheese just says, don't let go of me, you know, and it just holds on and it takes you to your plate. They even have to like cut it off. And I mean, it was the most heavenly thing I have ever tasted in my life. It was so delicious. And, uh, but until that moment, I had never experienced it before. I'd heard about it. I heard it was good, but now I've experienced it, right? And it's the same thing with the presence of God. Until you experience it, how can you show it? How can you tell other people? I mean, I probably told so many people. I, I'm going to continue to give my food recommendations from the pulpit. I notice I do that often. Um, so that, that's my latest one, all right? Chicago deep, deep dish pizza. Uh, it's available at Jimmy's on Thursday nights. It's not quite as good as the Chicago one, but, uh, you know, they it's good. I'm telling you, it's good. But it's the same way with the love of God. You can't give it unless you've experienced it. You got to experience it for yourself. You'll never, uh, you don't know love if you don't know God. You don't know love if you don't know God. Third equation. Tracking with me so far. I've made them simple. Last one's even simpler. You ready? God equals love. God equals love, and again, the reverse of that is true love equals God. It says, because God is love. God is love. It says God and love are so similar that they're identical, right? That you can't have one without the other. And I think that's hard to kind of wrap our minds around, of, uh, around that, that these are indistinguishable, because similar is even the wrong word. They are one and the same. Perfect love defines who God is, and God perfectly demonstrates love. God is love. It's hard to think about. Take a look at the screen for a moment and uh, check out these shapes. Which one's bigger? The, the green one or the blue one? No cheating over there. Blue? All right. Thank you for, for indulging me. Yeah, the blue one looks a lot bigger, doesn't it? it? They're two different things, but the blue one looks bigger. But if you put them together and sneak them together, it they're actually the exact same size. Yeah, I know. You guys are just like in shock and awe this morning. Uh, they're the same size. And it's the same way with God. Like God and love, they, they sound different. They look different. But when you put them together and you compare the two, they're the same. God is love. Love is God. They sound different, but they are identical. So today I think it's important that we define what is love. What is love? What is this love that we're talking about? Because the Bible isn't speaking just about some sort of emotional love. It's speaking on a much deeper level than that. And, and in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the Greek, uh, it gives four different words for love. And really, four different levels for love. So I'm just going to go through those quick with you this morning. I'll start with the lowest. And the lowest level of love in the Bible is the Greek word eros. It's an emotional love. 
It's a romantic love. It's a, it's a physical love. It's a love when boy meets girl and the rest of the world just kind of fades to gray, you know, and you see them running through a field of flowers towards each other, you know, something like that's the kind of love we're talking about. Like it's all good when the emotions are there and, and everybody's feeling happy, but the emotions don't always stay there. And it becomes a roller coaster. It's there one day and it's gone the next. I mean, it's like watching a Hallmark movie. You know, it's something like that. You know, that's the kind of cheesy love we're talking about. And this is the type of love that goes up and down with the emotions. It's the lowest level of love. The next level uh, would be phileo is another word that they use for love. Phileo. And uh, if you've ever heard the been to the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, that's where phileo, phila is coming from. It's, it's a brotherly love. It's a friendly love. A, a love that one friend has for another. You know, think of your best friend. Think of your best friend. You know, the one who maybe knows a few skeletons in your closet. The one that you trust uh, with the location of your secret candy stash. You know, your best friend. That would be a phileo love. But the thing with best friends is, we can probably all go back to a best friend that we've had in our life and they're no longer in our life. You know, they were close for a while, but then maybe they moved away or you moved away and, you know, the, the distance just kind of, I'll go find a new best friend now, you know? And uh, so this phileo love is almost a, a love of proximity. It's someone you're close to, someone you're, you're willing to do it, but it can change over time. Third level would be storge. Storge is a familial love. This is the love you have for your parents and your siblings. And uh, no matter what they do, no, no matter how much of a knucklehead they are, they're still your family and you still love them, right? It, that doesn't change. Your, your best friend might change, but you can't change your family. God, God gave them to us. Uh, they can mess up, they can let you down, but at the end of the day, you still have to love them. Family bond is hard to break, so that's, that's the third level. And then lastly, the fourth level, the highest level, is agape love. Agape. It's a sacrificial love. It's, it's a love that means nothing can be t- come between the both of you. Agape love means that you would sacrifice everything for the other person. It's, it's an unconditional love. See, agape love is, is that word that they use in the verse Romans 8.38. It, it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the, the love, the agape love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, that's the kind of love it's talking about. It's, it, it's the same word that's used in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It, it, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's that word agape, that love. That's the kind of love that, that we're talking about. And that's the kind of word, the word really is agape here. It says God is love. God is unconditional love. God is sacrificial love. God is perfect love. God is love. This perfect love defines God, and God demonstrates perfect love in everything he does. So let's look at this agape love just a little deeper as we continue on in this passage, verse 9. It says this, In this, the love of God, the agape love of God, was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world 
so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Propitiation, that's a fancy word, but it means uh, the satisfaction or the appeasement or the payment for our sins. So, so John is saying, John's the author here, one of Jesus' disciples, and, and John is saying he's also the disciple that Jesus loved, or at least that's what he called himself. So he's all about love, right? He, he loves this word. And John's saying here, if you want to know what kind of love that God is, it's the kind of love that would drive God to sacrifice his son for you, right? That's the kind of love we're talking about. It's the kind of love that would drive Jesus to the cross. That's the kind of love that God is. He's perfect. His love is unconditional. Even though you were sinful and selfish, even though you were his enemy, God still died for you. God still gave you everything, and he gave up everything for you. I think of that moment in Luke chapter 22 where, where Jesus is praying the night before he's crucified. And he prays to God, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And, and it said that as he prayed this prayer, I mean, Jesus, he didn't, wanna, he didn't want to go to the cross. It's not like he woke up one day and just thought, man, today's a good day to die. Like he, he, he didn't have that emotional, he didn't have that, you know, emotional love to take him to the cross. He said, if this cup would pass from me. In fact, it goes on to say that uh, as he was praying these prayers and he was praying to God that he literally began to sweat blood. He began to sweat blood. And, and uh, that's, there's a clinical term for that. It's called uh, hematidrosis. And around the sweat glands, there's, there's these network of blood vessels. And it says that when you're under such agony, when you're, you're under such stress, it, it constricts everything. And then finally, when you let go, they, they blow up basically and burst. And they come out, the blood comes out in your sweat. And one of the most common places that you see this condition is people who are on death row. And so that's the kind of agony that Jesus was in that night. He knew it was before him. He knew it was before him. So he didn't go to the cross because, because of this emotional love. He made a choice. He made a choice. Because love is a choice. Love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a daily choice to say, I'm, I'm going to love you. And every day, Jesus makes that choice to love us. That day, he made the choice to love us, and he said, I'm going to go to the cross. Even if it costs me everything, even if it costs me my life, I love them too much. I care for them too much. He chose you over selfish desires. And every day, every hour, he chooses you again and again and again. That's, that's unconditional love. And that's the kind of agape love that God has for you. So if you're looking for love, this is where it is. This is where it is. It's in God. That God loves you even when you're unlovable. And we all need to be loved. We all need to be loved. And this is the kind of love that's just what you need. And it's just when you need it. It's the only love that's going to fill that hole in your soul. So really, this, this series shouldn't be called just what I needed. It should be called just who I needed. Because Jesus is he's the answer. He's just who you need, and he's just when you need it, which is now. We, we need more of him now. So if you get nothing else today, get this. Run to Jesus. Experience his, his sacrificial love. Don't just read about it. Experience it. And if you've experienced it 10, 20, 50 years ago, a year ago, you don't have to wait till you die to experience it again. You can experience it every single day. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. 
right? Our church is going through a lot right now. Let's run to Jesus. Let's run to Jesus. On top of that, you may be dealing with your own losses. You know, maybe another close family member passed away recently. Maybe you're going through financial struggles. Maybe uh, you're going through job struggles. Maybe you're, uh, you know, your health is failing. And, and there's a lot of places to run. There's a lot of places to run, but the best place to run is Jesus. Run straight into his unconditional love. Jesus is just who you need because he's just what you need. He is love. God is love. Don't run to a relationship. Don't run to a a higher paying job. Don't run to an addiction. You won't find love there. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. You know, John didn't stop there, though. Continue on, verse 11. Because we can run to Jesus, he can give us love, but it doesn't end there. We've got some responsibility as well. Verse 11 says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us, and his perfect love is perfected in us. So it says, Beloved, those of you who are loved, if you have experienced the agape love in your life, if you've experienced the sacrificial love of God in your life, if you've been forgiven of your sins because he died and rose again, if you accepted him as Savior, then it says if you've experienced that, then you ought to love one another, right? So if we've been forgiven and we've been loved, now we need to go show that same love. We need to go show that same love to each other. Because when we've experienced God's sacrificial love in our lives, we have a response and a responsibility to share that same love with others. Notice it doesn't say in there that you ought to love nice people, or you ought to love your family, or you ought to love fellow believers. Now, we need to love all those people. But it says we need to love one another, which includes the nice people, the family, the fellow believers, but it also includes that guy who cuts you off in traffic. That person who didn't go through the orange cones correctly, you know? We've had a lot of those lately. It also includes that that parent who's swearing at their kids in a grocery store. It also includes that boss who who won't give you a promotion. It also includes that that inmate in prison. It also includes that judge who didn't rule in your favor. It also includes that neighbor that you don't get along with and you don't agree with. It says to love one another. Not just the people we like, but everybody. Even the ones we don't like, especially the ones we don't like. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 13, he said this to his disciples. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Again, that that love, that word there is agape. That you love one another unconditionally, sacrificially, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. See, sacrificial love is the true mark of a disciple. Do you love one another? God's given us such great grace. He's loved us more than we deserve. But do we share that same love with the people around us? Now, I don't know all your needs today. I don't know what lies ahead of you this week. But I do know one thing. We all need love. We all need love. Not emotional love, not brotherly love, not familial love, but sacrificial, unconditional love. And I know that God is love. God equals love. It's who he is. It's who he is. And he's not going to change anytime soon or ever. He's the only source to find this love. So this week, 
Search for Jesus. Experience his love. Uh, you can experience it right here at an altar this morning. Uh, you can experience it at home. You can experience it in your car going to work. It's a, it's a daily thing that we can experience God's love. Don't settle for just knowing about God. Experience God for yourself. Experience his love. And if you've experienced it, pass it on. Pass it on. Uh, it says that, that in verse 12, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his perfect love is perfected in us. See, no one's ever seen God. There, there's, there's people out in our communities, in our neighborhoods, who, who they haven't seen God. And the only sight of God that they might see is how you love them. The only time they might get to see Jesus' love is you sharing it with them. So we need to love people. We, we need to love those around us. We need to seek God's love, and we need to allow his love to overflow from us into others. Let's pray this morning. Atlanta, would you come? Jesus, we need you. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your love. We don't deserve it. God, again, we, we haven't earned it. We've done everything we can do to, to not earn it, actually, God. But yet you still love us. You still care for us. You call us your sons and your daughters, and, 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 and God, you give us an inheritance. You bless us uh, with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we don't deserve it. But God, thank you for your love. Thank you that you and love are one and the same. And we need you this morning. God, we need you to fill that, that hole in our soul today. God, help us to be like you. Help us to share that gift. God, may we be overflowing with love for the people around us. God, for our neighbors, for our families. That we can share your love with everyone in this community. God, that so many more people will come to know you. Jesus, we need you. We need you today. You're just who we needed. And it's just when we needed it. So God, may we seek you. May we seek you today. May we seek you tomorrow. May we seek you this week. And not let a day go by that we don't experience your love or give your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me? Again, these altars are open. If you need to take some time this morning just to experience God's love, I encourage you to come down. Spend some time uh, in God's presence. But be ready. Be ready this week to show love. Be ready this week to experience love. Uh, I believe that God has just what we need, and it's just when we need it. So Jesus, I, I pray a blessing over this church family. God, I thank you for bringing us together today and bringing us together as a church. God, we don't know what the future holds, but again, we know that you are in control. And as we sang earlier, you are good. You are good. And we trust in you. So God, would you show your love to your people today so that we can show love to others. Be with us as we go. God, would you bless us. Help us to be the church outside these four walls. God, as we love you, love people, and share Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Be blessed, church.